Let's go. Let's go. Those of us that are vulnerable in whatever way are powerful. And if you were wondering, the most gangster thing any of us could do mm-hmm. is serve. That's how we start the All The Way Live podcast. Every week. We yes, start it like that every week. And that's our mission statement. That's why we say it, because it's not... Like it's not some just for some cool stuff to say, but we generally be believing that there's so much power in being vulnerable, and that's exactly the type of show that we try to cultivate here every week, man. We cultivate this carefully curated content for your cranium consistently, and we bring it to y'all on time every week, man. Let's get some pauses, some drops, or something for that, please. Are we live? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, Mr. Boss Xavier, we back in it again. Back again, in another week. Fire. Feels good. Feels good. Feels right. What up, people? Happy Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? We're getting it to y'all. Rain, sleet, hail, snow, as my brother likes to say. We're going to get y'all a show. What's up? Hey, man. There's, there's, there's so much going on. There's so much to talk to. There's so much to get into. So before we even get into all of that, it's important to just lay the table out and let people know that this year right here is a show of intentful positivity. This is just a show between two brothers, two black men talking, and we take the thoughts, topics, and things that interest us and interest you over the week. We apply our time to it. We apply our brains to it. We do pre-production before it. We break it down during it and we deliver it to you as this piping hot content. Don't we do that? That's all we do. Pretty much. You know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> that's our speciality. And what else are you going to get it broken down to you? What else cares so much about healing your head top? Let that breathe. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Let them breathe. <laughs> you would be you'd be a great pastor. You'd be an absolutely and I'd go to your church. <laughs> the any church where the pastor says let that breathe is a church I would also go to. For sure. For sure. The, Shout the, out to all the, the pastors. pastors like, turn turn me up on the pulpit. <laughs> they can't hear me out there. Yo, yo, you know what? We're getting dangerous. I'm sure. I'm sure there are pastors not far from my vicinity right now. That are getting down like that tonight at Bible study. I promise you. <laughs> I promise you. And we know that. And how we get and how we get down over here at this show, man, every week is by taking the, is break, breaking this show down into three places, man. We got that stumble upon. This is where we talk about things, topics, and ideas that have interested us. And there's so much to talk about over here. Um, we go from there into our current news and into our current news there's a whole lot that's going on with iPhones, checking your cameras. We know that there's people going through it in different parts of the world and we're going to apply ourselves to that and bring that to you. And then last but not least, we talk about our favorite section, which is that recommended and review. Miles, please tell the people why this is our favorite section, please. We love recommended and review. Because that way we get to interact with you. You know what I'm saying? We review what you recommend. We recommend what we think is cool. And this week we're getting into two different types of media. We're going first 
we're gonna first get y'all acquainted with this Dave versus Atlanta conversation. You dig me? Two shows, FX, one channel. You know what I'm saying? Some pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they they a couple seasons deep each, and 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 I think there's a there's a conversation to be had here, or at least my brother feels there's a conversation to be had about uh which one's better. You know what I'm saying? And uh, mm-hmm. we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But also, we're gonna talk about uh somebody that's near and dear to our heart. Mm. Crystal, you know what I'm saying? The king of the south. Y'all know the, you know, oh. you know the king of the south? The undisputed. Underground. Country Kang. Big crit. The country king. The country, country king. Yo, we've been, we, got, we got a whole lot to get into, man. And I know in this show, what we don't do is start this show without acknowledging the most important things. And there's only one person that I know that knows how to acknowledge things in the right way. And that man is sitting right there in Chicago, man. Tell us about what's happening in Chicago and what we need to acknowledge about that land. It is I, Hazelnut Tones. And I'm here in the building, Chicago. Y'all know what's going on. This podcast is recorded on stolen land. This land here in Chicago was cared for by the Potawatomi people, the Council of the Three Fires. These, those are the people indigenous to this land that cared for it. Mm-hmm. Four settlers came and colonized, and the violence that was done to remove them from this land is inseparable from the violence that we see in this city today, the violence that we see in this country today, and the violence that we see in the world today. And there is too much of it. As my brother said, there's a lot going on. We're going to get into that, but we don't go nowhere without lifting up love for indigenous people the world over, lifting up love for black and brown people the world over. And before the intro's over, you know, I did my acknowledgements, but we ain't forgot about that side, but we got something different to acknowledge. I'm gonna pass it on to Chestnut Tones to let you know about where we coming from there. Definitely. Remind me again, where we come from? Oh, right here. <laughs> I thought you meant metaphorically, but indeed, what we are right now, man, is in Cape Town. Cape Town, Cape Town. This is a city that Miles calls home. I'm in a place that Miles calls home. I'm in a place that I call home, and I feel very blessed to be back into a city that I love so much. Man, I love this city. I love this city. And we've been thinking about um, opening up an office in Cape Town one of these days, man. And, you know, being back in the city puts me in a place where I realize that that is a priority that we need to do at some point in time. And I'm just glad to be to be here doing business over here, getting ready for, for some big moves. For some big, big moves. moves, major moves. Well, you know, in this podcast, we don't let an opportunity to acknowledge major moves go by. Sway, please put us in tune with your moves, man. What's happening? Hey, man, listen, I got, I've been awarded a very the very prestigious Shevning scholarship and we'll be headed to the University of Exeter to do a fully funded master's program out there and the reason we should up is bombs coming we need a new drop that is just salsa music that we can say less next episode <laughs> Next episode, the salsa, the salsa edition. Got you. I have the perfect, <laughs> I have the perfect drop. <laughs> hey man, listen. Um, the reason why we, why, why I even wanted to share this, brother Miles, is that it's important for us to demystify 
the ability for all of us, not let me say for those that truly care to know that these are options that they can go through, right? And if, if someone out there is thinking about going to school internationally, somebody is thinking about um, getting a scholarship and getting funded for a big a big reason for this motiv the motivation to even do this is to get through those gates and be able to give people the game on how to do it. And you know, I, I do truly mean this in, in in no false humility when I say if a dumb dumb like myself can get awarded this type of scholarship, man, then absolutely. Um, then that there's many more of what I believe our very capable listeners and audience is able to do as well. You know, this was nothing more than a plan that we dedicated, um, you know, some community support to help us get this award, but also at the same time, you know, man, just um, try, trying, trying one's best, I think is always super important in this. But that being said, um, you know, as always, we open the door. If anybody has questions about the particular Shevning scholarship, what I do to get to it, the answers that I did for it, the process of it, whatever it is, this type of thing is available for y'all guys' options as well, man. Reach out to us, use us to help you further your education if that's what you into. Yes, sir. And this is a space to big that up. So, yo, if you just graduated, if you are heading into school for the first time to continue, sophomores, juniors, Anybody who is intent on finishing, salute to you, man. We we appreciate everybody who is furthering their education, no matter what field it's in. Anybody who's chasing that dream, that goal, that job, that opportunity. This is a place where we celebrate that. So if you have questions, yes, please. But if you just want to shout out, that too. We got you. This is a space of love, appreciation, and we bigging up, lifting up everybody, man. I got to big up and lift up my brother who I've seen all of the background mechanisms that have led to this opportunity. And it has been straight up inspiring the growth of somebody who I've seen whose who's work ethic has been consistent. But to see growth in the areas of leadership, growth in the areas of work-home balance and what it means to take on more responsibility at home, this whole podcast, like, yo, this is this is a moment I can't let pass by to lift up and big up my brother. You know what I'm saying? And so we got to do more of that. We got to lift each other up for for taking the path less traveled and for 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 doing a long shot type deal. So shoot for the stars and for the moon. Rest in peace, pop smoke. Know that we don't do nothing just to do it. It's going precise as we planned it. I said planned it. Come on, baby. Thank God for hip hop. But honestly, Miles, my, my, I. This particular, this particular milestone, let's call it right, I think is a great acknowledgement of the value of being around people that inspire you, being very diligent with the crowd of people that you keep around. Um, because even if, if you look at if you look at the many the, the many things that we're doing, they all feed off of the energies of the people that we do it with, right? Um, and so. It's 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 to me to me it's a it's a confirmation of the crowd of people that I've been blessed to to be in the in the in the community of and that the intentions of those people are clearly the correct ones and will be acknowledged. You know, this ain't this and, and I put this on my LinkedIn post too. Like on one end, I'm very glad that this is an opportunity for myself, but on a on a bigger scale, I am more excited about being able to use that light to shine the light on the people that need it most, because that's what we're doing this for. This is, this is not, these are never just uh, selfish pursuits, man. We can, you, you can get degrees for days like that OG Kanye album, you know, 
Yeah, what are you gonna do with those degrees? I'm gonna give him more degrees, but it ain't about that. <laughs> Where's your dad though, Jimmy? He died, and all he left me his degrees. But if we can, if we can actually double down on this on this Kanye moment real quick. I think I think Dave Chappelle in explaining in a mo in the most favorable light possible what Kanye does for the culture is he described him as the one soldier that runs over the hill and sees what it's looking like over there and takes all the arrows and runs back up to the top of the hill, back to the squad and says, it's a lot of them over there, you know? And I, and I appreciate you for being our, for being our vanguard. You know what I'm saying? If we, if we, if we can bring it back to the Panthers, even the vanguard of the revolution, you know, for leading us to be bold enough, the thing that's gone on said during this, and we'll wrap it up right now, but the thing that's going, that's gone on said is that this is this is a whole mission. You changing comp continents to do this, right? And you're being fearless enough to do that, to, to pursue yeah. whatever the next level might be, uh, is, is, is incredible. So in the future, y'all might see a brother's background changing up. I might be in a different location. You know what I'm saying? Disclosed the undisclosed. You don't know, but just know that, yo, your example and, and your, your, your fearlessness when, and chasing the bag, wherever it might be, inspires me. And I hope it inspires somebody out there listening and, I think that's it. We can we can we get into the show? Are we are we in the show? Are we live? What's happening? Oh, we're all the we're all the way live, man. And, and, and thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's 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 difficult to to take compliments, but I, again, none of this is even close to being a singular. This is not a single feat at all. You know, without the work that you put in at the University of Chicago, with the work you do with the Mandula Foundation, with the work we all do for with a focus on helping these kids these kids these kids that's all that's what it's always about man and that's that cannot be a singular individual feat so we we, we move forward for the betterment of these kids speaking of kids that's right that's right, that's right. Uh, i think you were going where i think you're going so those air horns can serve a double purpose let's go um, we, we, speaking of more acknowledgement, man, there's, there's, uh, Meek Mill got crowned the Nelson Mandela award. Yeah, man. Yeah. Big ups to that, man. Big ups to that. Mo bombs, air horns. This is the air horn show. Are we live? You get me. But yeah, man, this is, yeah. this is, this is more fantastic news. And I'm glad we got a different topics of different tones throughout this episode. So I'm glad we can start with some, some love and some, some fanfare. Right. So Meek Mill received the Nelson Mandela Changemaker Award, uh, which is an award that's presented by uh, kind of a, a panel of, of different NGOs, Africa Rising, uh, PTAO, which is planned to take on the world, and the Nelson Mandela Foundation. Uh, and he's the he's the first musical artist to receive this, this Changemaker Award. So shout out to Meek Mill. A lot of that is based on his work doing uh, reform in terms of criminal justice He's a he's an individual that has had his own both complicated and yet uh, not uncommon interactions with the law in terms of having been hounded for very minor offenses throughout his career when he's clearly doing things to, to better himself and to, to create opportunities for others. And it just shows that, you know, if I can quote Jay, we doing a lot of hip hop quotes, this, but if it's light, mm -hmm. dark. You know, real, rich, Poe, still a nigga, man. And so his story kind of exemplifies that. 
uh, and his ability to triumph in spite of that, to receive this award, to be actually imprisoned, and for that to shape a movement, the Free Meek movement, huge in Philadelphia, huge for kind of this moment of criminal justice reform that has continued to be uh, catalyzed and and uh, propelled forward by the the unfortunate circumstances that we as Black people find ourselves in. You know, rest in peace to Gianna, Breonna Taylor, rest in peace to George Floyd. Um, and it's amazing to see a rapper doing doing this work. So, uh, yeah, man, yeah. big ups to Meek. Uh, just for a little bit of context, some other people who have received this award include Masai Ujiri, who is the Toronto Raptors president and founder of the Giants of Africa Foundation, Hugh Evans, who's the uh, founder and CEO of Global Citizen, uh, Deborah Dugan, who's the former CEO of Red, if you've ever seen the Red uh, HIV and AIDS campaign, the, the CEO of that. Uh, so some some pretty uh, illustrious people. And last one, Clarence Jones, yeah. advisor to Dr. Martin Luther King. So Meek is an exceptional company. I'm glad that he's re- the, being the recipient of this award. Uh, and it's amazing to see, you know, have examples of, of black excellence being awarded and acknowledged both on a huge stage like that and at home with my brother, man. So I'm elated. Yeah, I mean, like, I think the dope thing about all of this is that it continues to it continues to put value on the efforts of impact work and of change and of social activism, right? Which is something that we're always such big supporters of. So even if there's, there's no one occupation that one has to find themselves in that can, that, that there's no opportunity to have impact work. I wonder if drug dealing has, is an occupation that who gets deep but absolutely it does right we know that drug dealers like frank white frank lucas right they were yeah they were known for doing some type of good in their communities with a lot of the money that they received right this is this is a part of that history whether that balances out with you know the level of drug dealing you're doing and the proliferation of of drugs and throughout the community and what that does to family I don't know, but there's a history of philanthropy with drug dealers, for sure. El Chapo and the cartels. Yeah, exactly. I was just about to say the cartels are, if you go there, they're some of the most loved people, or it's very difficult to get people to move away from, uh, or like, you know, to, to rat or to go against the the cartels in areas where they kind of have territory because they provide a lot mm-hmm. of things. They provide resources. In a lot of cases, they provide justice. And so where the, the government has failed to do that, you have a very complicated situation where this, this big power uh, that might not have everybody's best interest at heart is taking care of some of the necessary infrastructure needs. And how do you remove them now? Uh, not too different from government <laughs> now that I think about it. And even speaking on the dichotomy of the responsibility of power and whether, you know, like the, the, the imbalance of the imbalance of a, a good deed being done by a potentially bad source that leads me straight into um, that, le- that leads me straight into what's been happening with Afghanistan over this last week, right? Where we've seen a increasing number, where we've seen a, an increasing presence in the Taliban within within the major states in Afghanistan almost not even almost taking control of that country within a matter of 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 weeks you know so with with respect to that 
it, it forces me to really ask the question of what, especially from an American perspective, right? Because we know that Americans have always, and the world has had always been very critical of the reasons why the U.S. had even moved into Afghanistan in the first place, right? Under the pretense of, uh, let me not say under the pretense, spurred by the advance of the Taliban led by the bin, Osama bin Laden and then further perpetuated by when 9-11 attacks happened, thus spurring a 20-year war, essentially. And we saw Obama and them come, we saw Obama come through with, with the promise of being able to get the troops out of Afghanistan, get the troops out of Afghanistan um, with a high cost ratio of what they say, it's five, every 5,000 bullets kills one insurgent. You know, so there's a high cost element that comes into the situation that's happening there. It's like, what is the good, uh, what, what, what is the, you know, is there, is, was, is this a good exit almost, you know? I think we've put ourselves in such a, an exposed and whether necessarily or unnecessary or necessarily like such an entangled position that there is no way to cleanly exit. Right. So there's going to be loss of life, whether you keep troops there or whether you bring them home, it's just whose lives are going to be lost. Right. And I don't feel good about the situation. What, what, which way whatsoever, you know what I mean? Like it's my personal take is, I don't necessarily think we needed to be there. And I don't necessarily think the entire time we were there, we were focused on the objective of creating a stable government for us to, to leave and a stable situation for the people that aren't involved in this conflict, right? The civilians. I think a lot of our effort, a lot of our time and resources went into actually extracting resources from these areas. Right. And I, and I think that that's part of why we got into this this mess. And when we came in with that as part of our intentions, there was no way that we were going to leave the situation better because that's I don't think that was that's what we were. I don't think that's what we were there to do. And so now that we're I seeing mean, it unfold, mm -hmm. go ahead. Please, please. I was going to say now that now that we're seeing it unfold, we're we're seeing, yeah, we don't have any good options because we didn't come in with good intentions. Or the right intention. I think that's a pure intention. That's a big point. Yeah, that's 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 a big point, right? Is the intentions that that people came in with. Now, on what's becoming evident, right, is that the presence of U.S. military military clearly is something that was holding together, um, was was holding back the 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 rise in, in insurgents with the Taliban, right? So. It's, it's it's almost as as the intention might not have been right going into this into the circumstance because definitely there is a high level of resource um, resource control that was happening in that area. Afghanistan is very natural is very rich in natural resources in uh, lithium in, in in natural gases. You know they have high amounts of that. So let's not be let's not be ignorant to the capital incentives that have led the U.S. to be in that place. But then at that, in, in that same breath, their withdrawal within two weeks, we're now seeing what is essentially now about to be a huge humanitarian crisis with almost half a million people trying to leave 
Afghanistan in droves. I don't know if you saw the images and we have one of these up of the airport, but it was a crazy sight, man, seeing all those people in those airports, seeing people hanging onto planes and falling, hanging onto planes on the outsides and falling off of those planes. It was extremely, extremely awful. And immediately, you know, one of the things that people were we're, we're fighting against is the treatment of, of, of women and women rights under Taliban control, where young girls can be forced to marry Taliban leaders and, um, and, and women's rights are essentially nullified, you know? So it's, it's, it's kind of a catch 22, this one, because on one end, you know, we've all, we've, we've been screaming U S must leave. The U S has to leave, um, has to leave Afghanistan because of the, the reasons why they're under there, the prison, the, the military industrial complex, that perpetuates all of this. But then at the same time, it's like, once they do leave, this is what happens, man. You see half a million people trying to leave. That's, that's wild. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a case study for what capitalism does all over the world is it promises that we can do both, right? It promises that if you're smart enough to know that we're over there for more than democracy, like we're going to get that job done and we're going to do the democracy half. But when it comes time to when it comes where the rubber meets the the road and you're dealing with reality, oftentimes we've accomplished a lot more of that resource control than we have in terms of creating the stability. Our presence may have prevented the the Taliban from taking over a lot of these cities that we're now seeing it taking, including Kabul. But I don't think we were devoting enough resources and energy into creating a, a sustainable situation. If over 20 years, your entire your, you've continued to rely on the troops, the American troops to maintain the status quo, then you know for sure that when you remove them, it's going to go back. Mm-hmm. At some point over this 20 years, the, however Taliban troops were being held back, that responsibility should have been transferred or a more sustainable environment should have been created and if that wasn't ever possible to do then we should have never been over there it sucks it sucks to see to know that innocent people are caught in the middle of this that with politicians that they don't know and 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 will never meet and who are quite frankly showing a, a not that much care for their lives it's 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 tragic man so i'm with that i i feel for the, the people of afghanistan g we have to. We have to feel for them. You know, they are going through uh, a, mil- uh, a, a social crisis, and this is this is the, the this is the trippy thing about it, right? Where under Obama's administration, you had a the lar- one of the at the time the largest increase in military and drone strikes into that area, killing many a uh, uh, many a uh, 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 civilians, right? Which in turn almost pushed forward the advancement the 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 let's say the recruitment of people into the the Taliban because what they're seeing is the this destruction that's happening around them so even in the withdrawing of of the troops what you know the the Biden administration and the Obama administration has said that their focus in going into drone strikes um is part of the process of off board of on of training local military in order for the local military to then be prepared to fight for themselves so that when they do leave, local military can step in. But things such as the corruption within the local military has made that quite difficult. Um, the, the military didn't fight back for um, 
for for a, a number of reasons is something that happened as well. But it, it it it's it's again, man, lifting up love for black and brown people, like my brother says, all the time. And that's one of those things where we need to acknowledge that situation, lift up love for the people in those situations, man, and let them know that um you know this this is the that that the, the world cares at the very least. Yep. The very least. And we feel like it's important, yeah, to bring up these conversations because precisely because we're not experts in them. And if we're sitting here trying to figure out what to care about and how to care and what we can do, we know that other people are sitting at home trying to sort all this stuff out. So that's just what we're trying to do. And if you happen to have some more information that you can that you can hip us to on, on this topic or any other, please feel free to hit us up. We want to be providing the most accurate facts we could possibly be providing. We want to take into account mm-hmm. all different perspectives. Um, so yeah, man, this is this is two dudes using the history that we know and the information that we have access to to uh, make sense of what we're what we're going on, what's going on around us. And at the end of the day, with this one, I think it's just uh, it's sad. It's a it's a it's a bad situation, and and all we can do right now is um, continue to educate ourselves, continue to remain informed, so that the politicians we elect are not the type that are going to get us embroiled in these conflicts that are bad for everybody. So. Think about that. Yeah. That's the big part is educating ourselves on is educating ourselves. But then what do you do, for instance, when Obama comes in and he says that, you know, by the end of his term, the military is going to have left Afghanistan. We champion that. We support that. Fast forward to not only is the opposite not only is the opposite true where more people are being drones where there's an increase in in military presence and drone striking in that area so it's it's and that's and that's the big fault in u.s politics right now right whereas that there's no trust in the words that the government says we they say one thing get into power do something completely different so you, you know what, what we can do at the very least is educate ourselves like you say on the issue also let people know that these things are happening, you know, and if anybody else wants to, maybe there's something that strikes up some sort of activist energy in somebody, then, you know, we would have done our job by sharing the information. Yeah. Speaking of sharing information uh, where activist energy is needed, real quick, Mm -hmm. two topics that I just don't want to not mention. One, a report came out from the AAPI that found out that Asian hate uh, that crimes and assaults related to Asian hate have increased over the pandemic, right? In fact, over 9,000 reported cases of anti-Asian incidents have been reported in the U.S. alone. And so a lot of the context to this is that a lot of the information that's been floating around in terms of the pandemic, a lot of the racially charged language in terms of the the China virus and all of that type of stuff that that has been floating around has created an environment that is unsafe for our Asian brothers and sisters, bro. We've seen in the U.S. a few different viral videos of people of that appear to be Asian being attacked by people on the street for for no reason, right? And so we can't we can't just this is another instance where as a black man I'm 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 constantly finding us and I'm as I go throughout our history we've constantly had to fight for our humanity to be seen as human and I've always found that building coalitions between the people that are experiencing this type of oppression and this type of violence whether it be physical violence or structural violence 
is is hugely important. So we got to keep that same energy, the same way that when black people are being brutalized by the police or when our safety is being threatened by white supremacy or, or anything like that, we have to keep that same energy for when white supremacy is, is affecting another group, whether that's Latinx folks, whether that's Asian folks, whoever that is. So we keep that same energy, stop Asian hate for real. And then I want to yeah. pass it on. Do you want to take the take this next topic on Haiti? Um, with with Haiti, man, like, listen, there's 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 so much going on, and we really try to pack this show with information and get it out, um, to get it out to people. And you know, no matter where we look, there is a lot that 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 forces us to. Uh, there's a lot that forces us to have to, particularly bring up all of these topics, man. And one of those topics is is uh, the the earthquake that happened in Haiti. Uh, what we're looking at is a 7.2, uh, 7.2 on the Richter scale, um, 7.2 on the Richter scale earthquake. I'm trying to get this picture particularly up. That's not, that's not the image that is not Haiti. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the YouTube audience, man. But yeah, I, I, I think the, the important note here is that it is, it, people are going through it all over the world and all of these issues we can connect back to other ones we've talked about this is a this one goes directly back to climate change man the environment that we're that we're seeing and the and the repercussions of what we're doing to it is caused tumultuous weather patterns all over the world the western united states is going through wild heat waves right now you know what i'm saying and this is just another example of of the environment that it, and it's wrecking stuff it's hurricane season for haiti they might have another tropical storm coming i read and so yeah man there's what we need to do is we need to put some disaster relief donations in the in the description so look out for those uh but yeah man just spreading the news so that that this doesn't go overlooked uh these folks need help so, you know, if you listen to this and yeah. you are in tune with any type of NGOs, reach out to us, let us know uh, how we can support this. But I feel as a podcast that has that has talked about this Pray for Haiti album by my, by Mac Hami for weeks and weeks and weeks. This is the most yeah. bitter type of news that we could possibly hear. But we, we can't shout out that album all the time and not mention this. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, and on, on, on the point of particularly the 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 climate change elements of it i'm not sure how much of, of climate change plays a direct role in the earthquakes that are happening in haiti because haiti is sitting on um haiti is sitting on a on a on a on a very uh, it is sitting on a tick on, on moving tectonic plates you know we have seen this air, we have seen this particular uh part of the world get hit by earthquakes a few times before in 2010 you you know that was the big earthquake in haiti in 2010 where um, almost 200,000 people died, you know? So clearly this is a, an area of, 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 um, of tectonic friction that causes these earthquakes to happen, but that still doesn't dispel the fact that they hadn't gone over that earthquake that happened in 2010 and now have been forced to deal with this particular earthquake. I mean, man, Haiti is, is, is in so much chaos, man. Need to, to even call this country a... To even call you know to even speak of poverty when you speak about Haiti is a massive understatement to it, and I think people don't realize that Haiti is actually like next door to the Dominican Republic. You know, they are separated by um, by a line really um, between the two countries, and Dominican Republic has its social issues as well. But you know, the just the the 
severe poverty that's happening in Haiti is what makes this particular topic extremely um, is what makes this particular topic particularly um, sad, you know, when we look at it. So pray for Haiti again, no pun intended. If you haven't listened to pray for Haiti, do that. Question is, are we going to give our money to Wyclef Jean? <laughs> I, I, Hey man, I, I, I don't know enough about what Wyclef Jean is doing and I need to educate myself about that, but shout out to him, man. Yeah. I would, I would love to be able to, as funny as that sounds, I would love to be able to give, my money to another black man doing impact work, bro. So shout yeah, out to I mean, that's the difficult thing is that Wyclef, you know, they said the money had disappeared. And someone, oh, please oh. call 911. Wow. Wow. I feel like you were very prepared for this, for this part of the segment. <laughs> I want to say that I want to say that I had all these Wyclef Jean punchlines prepared for me, but they this is I'm just good at this thing, man. That's how, that's how it is. Uh, well, we appreciate you, Wyclef Jean. Hey, man, get give give the people their monies, and and we 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 pray for Haiti, bro. We pray for Haiti. Pray for Haiti. We Where we at Haiti. with it, man? Speaking of speaking of black and brown. Speaking of black and brown people, I believe we have a drop for these sort of things because we're an organized podcast. Please drop us with that drop to get us into our stumble upon, please. Hey, y'all, go look at this. Yes, yeah, sir. Sir. There's a whole lot that we need to talk about about this stumble upon right here, okay? You are telling me that Twitter... Twitter student proves Twitter algorithm biased towards lighter, slimmer, younger faces. I love this story. Now, question, Miles Xavier, are, do you have light? Are, are you, which one of those particular things are you? Uh, you're this guy. For those that are not looking, Miles is the bottom left guy. It's funny because your head is perfectly lined up with it, and it looks like you. <laughs> So that might have backfired <laughs> just a little bit. You know what it is, dude? This ring light really does take away a lot of my chocolatey essence. And it makes me look He's got the same ring light. I'm stupid dark. He's got the same <laughs> ring light. Because y'all look, y'all, that was perfect. But I love this story because Twitter set itself up in this one, right? So as the headline reads, a grad student proved that the Twitter algorithm is biased. But how this happened was that people were saying, hey, man, this, this algorithm is it's messing me up, man. People of color were saying, this is, this is biased. And Twitter said, prove it. And the homie said, okay, and got on his computer, started typing some shit, put some stuff together, right? He used artificially generated faces with different features and proved it. Right. They offered Twitter offered thirty five hundred dollars, which is just that's that's the time for for a person to bet that that's a real bet. But for a corporation to bet thirty five hundred dollars just that's shows the bet. disrespect that they put that's into this. Like, yeah, you got you'll give you thirty five hundred if you can prove it. Right. Let it be known. I wish we had the homie's name. Can you see if it's in that article? Uh, I do. Uh, Bogdan Kulinic. Bogdan yeah. Kulinich, a graduate student in Switzerland's EFPL University who demonstrated the bias in the algorithm, which is used to focus image previews on the most interesting part of pictures. As part of a competition, the DEF Security Conference in Las Vegas. Kulinich proved the bias 
by first artificially generating faces with various features and then running them through Twitter's cropping algorithm to see which the software focused on. Since the faces were themselves artificial, it was impossible to generate faces that were almost identical, but at different points of spectrums of skin tone with gender and age. So that's awkward for Twitter. A little awkward. So we come to find out, not surprising, the algorithm prefers lighter, thinner, younger faces. Right? I take what offense does it to mean that about this podcast that you are have the lighter, thinner, younger face. Does Twitter Twitter prefers miles? I don't think I have the younger face. I think my beard puts a couple years on me. Thinner, certainly, certainly not the thinner face. <laughs> certainly not with these cheeks. You know what I'm saying? It's been good to miles. It's been real good. I'm a fluffster for sure. I'm a fluffster. So I would say I I have the I have the lighter the lighter face maybe, but that's only because I don't get to hang out in Cape Town like you do. You know what I'm saying? I have to be here in Chicago for eight months of the year when it's cold and 20 degrees outside. Gray. Cloudy, you know what I'm saying? Vitamin D deficient. But I digest. What are we gonna do, man? Twitter's against us. We're too black. I mean too old. I'm too black. I'm definitely way too black for Twitter. But like it touches on then, right? Does does the is the algorithm biased, right? Or does the algorithm prove what the preference of the people are? Because the algorithm is determined by what people preferences are. If for instance, say the opposite of younger, slimmer, lighter faces, it was older, larger and darker faces. I don't know how many clicks that would get just from the perspective of general interest and the current beauty standards. So the question then is, is it us who prefer that? And the algorithm just so happens to adjust itself to the things that we will click on more, or is it the algorithm that is then forcing us to click on those things the other way i think it can be both right i think two things can be true uh and while in a lot of cases it might be very chicken before the egg i think if a company has control over the algorithm and it can be demonstrated that it is biased then it is certainly that company's responsibility to not promote those beauty standards especially those that perpetuate the idea that white is better the idea that you know it's interesting to think about the age, the age thing, but yeah, I think we, we, we don't, we could stand to not have mm. this focus on younger faces and, and continue to this technology we're immersed in to continue to mess with our idea of what it means to age by eliminating how much we see older people on social media. I'm not with that. And we know about a lot of the different, issues that have come up with, especially with the way that we depict women's body image. And as soon as we start putting thinner as the standard, we get into very, very dangerous territory, especially with young girls that are developing a sense of self. So I'm, I'm not for any of it. And I don't think the company can say, it's y'all, y'all like that. If we can prove that the algorithm is doing this, y'all need to correct the algorithm back to get us back to you know what I'm saying? Sure, people's preferences and personal preferences, there's no way we're going to stop them from doing that type of targeting. But if the general, if, if, if in any general way, a certain type of person is being, their content is being marginalized, I am with that. I get that. I get that. I, I totally get that, right? And on one end, 
definitely some people getting marginalized over this particular algorithm spit out. But like when you look at just the basics of what people are into, right? Then it, it all really does start to make sense. I mean, from the the slimmer faces, that that is an that's indicative of of health and vitality, and that's always going to be something that sells because that's something that us as people we long for, right? And then when we talk about lighter lighter faces, um, lighter faces is a little bit difficult, especially like what type of lighter faces are we talking? Beige light or are we talking white? If we're talking white faces, then that's just a that's just the science of the people that are utilizing this particular system, right? What we're looking at is the majority of people that have access to internet um, or do interact with Twitter are white folk, right? And so under that premise, I could see why the algorithm would be skewed towards, uh, the algorithm would be skewed towards towards those things. But these, the, these certain types of filters are still also the same things that we as people tend to have in our daily biases, right? For instance, if we're talking about, um, if we're talking about why it, why it is that men prefer women with big chests and with more bodacious bosoms and why bodaciousness has been a feature in women fashion for such a long time. I mean, but from the flying buttresses, you know what I mean? Like those are still things that you know that 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 is indicative of a woman's ability to be able to ch bear bear child. So if we're referring back to like say Yuval Noah off of Sapiens, right? Who talks about who talks about instinctual attractions to things? Those would be some of the things that people are attracted to. The vitality. Why is it that you know makeup makes um, cheeks pink? Those pink cheeks show a, a a flow of blood which is associated with youthfulness and therefore is an attractive feature why is it that high collarbones or something like that why is it that height is something i mean if if twitter would take people's personal preference with this with height preferences i am sure the number is going to be taller whatever whatever and that be, that's because that that's indicative of of um of strength of protection which is a attraction point for some people as well so on one end definitely the algorithm might get that but then you know, we have to accept that we do all have natural biases when it comes to what our standard of attraction is. And unfortunately, it's not um, darker, larger, older faces. Unless you just them. Sure. But I think I think there's two types of from what I understood is from the article is we're not we're dealing with we're not dealing with Twitter adapts to those preferences by each individual user and provides that type of algorithm, right? If, if, if my Twitter was providing me everything in equal measure until I started looking for lighter, thinner, dark, like younger faces, then that's fine. Right? Like that's cool. That, that is my ability to manipulate the album and based on my choice. But if out of the box, that's the case, then we're talking about something different, right? There's a difference between my Google now knows that I prefer black products and knows to advertise that because that's what my Google searches are, right? But there's a difference between me getting on Google and just Googling beautiful women and all white people coming up. And I think that that's from what I'm getting from this story is how Twitter is operating is it's not, it's not even based on your own personal use. The algorithm doesn't wait for that. And I'm assuming that this, the, the student who ran this test didn't run it on his own 
Twitter on a used Twitter account. I'm, I'm imagining he ran it on a blank, fresh account that hadn't had a chance to contribute to the algorithms yet. And if it, like Google, when you Google beautiful women, is kicking back white faces like that, then I think that that's where the issue lies. Because not only is that not our own brand, our own set of preferences, but it perpetuates and shapes those preferences for the young people that interact with that, right? And so a young person who might be more of a blank slate, if when they Google beautiful woman or when they put in hot celebrity into Twitter or when they put in change maker or influencer and it's all these white people, thin people, young people, Mm -hmm. then we're now shaping their thoughts so that they will prefer these things. And I think that that's where that's where it gets messed up. And that was part of the that was part of the issue with magazine representation back in the day, right? Like, um, and we saw the effects that it had. You have people cronking their hair and straightening their hair, doing all sorts of wild stuff um, in order to pass off as 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 not black, essentially. Up until you know, we had Jet Magazine come into play. We had um, a whole sorts of black determined magazine. Shout out to Jet Magazine, actually, and the South Side of Chicago's. Um, Art Bank, which is actually owned by the former owner of Jet Magazine. Some super, super, super dope stuff, man. If you're in the South Side Chicago, check that out. Super dope. But their whole purpose, too, was in order to bring forth the the the, the Black imagery in, in its beauty, right? I am Black. I am beautiful. Um, those types of chants were trying to break the mindset of our correlation of beauty with with whiteness what's interesting though is in different cultures no matter where you go light-skinned people tend there's no culture in the world where light-skinned people are treated worse than darker people i don't care where you are bro you can go to china there are people in china going to swim in the ocean with fully they're fully clothed looking like they got have you seen have you seen those those images of people in china with full body suits it's crazy it's crazy but all to say so in, in china right for instance the darker skin reflects the workers because they'd be out in the rice fields all day so that they'd have darker skin and therefore would be considered peasants. And so, you know, that that, that would be something that people look, would try to avert from. But everywhere, darker skin is, is, is more, uh, there's a bigger prejudice towards darker skin than there is to lighter skin. Everywhere. What does that say? Uh, it says colonialism is a bitch. That's what it says. And I think... Can we blame that- it on colonialism? I think so. I think so. Why? Because I think, I don't think you have the same, I don't think you have the same proliferation of the idea that white is better all over the world if this group of white people from the most originally resource rich and easiest to live on land, right? Go check out Guns, Germs, and Steel if you want to know what I'm talking about, right? There's a certain area where the white people from this region were able to have resources and transition more easily from being hunter-gatherers to people that were trying to build a different type of society. So if the world hadn't played out that way and those people hasn't traveled to all of these different places, that's a wild image to throw up while I'm trying to give some <laughs> That was a wild image. Yo, y'all, y'all who are on the Spotify are missing out. My boy is going crazy with the imagery right now. But... uh this could be a wild news story or a dope hip hop album. I'm not sure what I'm looking at, but like, yeah, I think, I think 
I don't think that we get the same focus on whiteness if these people who had these resources weren't a part of building these empires. If it wasn't for the Roman Empire, if it wasn't for Greek and Roman uh, philosophy becoming the the centerpiece and, and we are burning libraries and destroying resources everywhere else. Yeah, I don't think that I think that we can blame our our the a general tendency to think that white is better on the spread of white colonialism throughout the world. Yeah, I agree. I I I I can I can agree to that to a certain extent, but then there's there's places for instance like Alaska, right, where even even historically there there have been uh, let's say skin tone prejudices before colonization and there's a history of that in different places there's a history of that in in latin america there's a history of that in africa where even lighter people were 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 heralded above um lighter people light-skinned people were heralded above darker-skinned people even before the rise of, of, of colonization and i think at that point what we're referring to more so than anything is just a a general a genuine maybe instinctual prejudice towards darkest skin for 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 whatever reason. What is dope and what I'm a proponent of is that chocolate is in, baby. Chocolate skin is in, baby. Hey. Chocolate skin is in. <laughs> hey, well as the light skin bro, I won't I won't push I won't push back too hard on on that. I've I've certainly am familiar with especially in Latin America the ways that colonialism did play into the the exacerbation, if not origination of, of colorism. But I think Mm. Yeah, like, hey, man, if for whatever reason, I'm at a point where I look at the world now and I see that we don't big up our beautiful dark skinned people enough. Right. And a lot of times we those those people that we can point to the Idris Albas, right, rest in peace to Chadwick Bozeman, seem to be the the examples, the, the examples, mm-hmm. the exceptions and not the rule. Um, and so I think we still have a lot of work to do on learning a lot of prejudice toward darker skinned people for sure, but also older people and, and, uh, you know, not super thin people. So, yeah. Yeah. That's- and that I'm, that I'm, that I'm fully behind, like what you're saying about, you know, they having the intention of looking up black and brown people, which is why what Rihanna is doing is so dope, which is, which is why I'm such a big proponent of this inclusive community that we're having and the fight for representation um you know at its core is still something that has so much value um eventually we're all going to be beige so we're all going to be miles looking at some point in time and if you have anything to do it you too will contribute towards the beigeness of the populace i wish i can't wait till we start doing live in-person shows so that I don't have to take this base lander. It's this damn ring light. It's this damn ring light. <laughs> I would definitely hey, need to get with a lighter skinned person to, to, to contribute a, a beige, a beige baby to, to the world. Uh, and hopefully that, that makes things simpler. I, I doubt it, but hopefully when, when we're all beige, uh, it, 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 we can all get along a little bit better, but I man, think I really- things is getting more complicated, man. And they certainly get more complicated technology-wise. Oh, so if I say current and you hit a wave sound, does that mean we're getting into current news? That's where we at. 
That's where we at, right in the midst of it, in the depths of it. You know what I'm saying? We are wading into current news, keeping the theme of uh, of, of technological mischievous nonsense, uh, and it's and it's and it's wild, man. So, Apple last week said it's gonna start checking your photos. Oh man. Oh, I was, man. I, was, I was gonna slow welcome into this topic, but then child porn appeared on the screen. <laughs> Not real child <laughs> porn. The word child porn appeared on the screen. Yeah, yeah, Very yo, cool, audio <laughs> listeners, let me tell you what's definitely not on the screen, like Mazda said. There is uh, definitely no child porn that we see. Mazda us into this conversation as much as he wants. He's not being deterred by, like he quoted, child porn. That's not what we're showing. The words. This is a difficult topic to Google search for. I must say, my algorithms <laughs> might, but Apple might. You know what? Just keep going, bro. What, yeah, audio <laughs> listeners, Zway, audio listeners, Zway is on the ones and twos with the uh, with the visuals and the headlines and the news bringing up. He's doing a fantastic job. It has elevated the show, and uh, we appreciate him for that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but it can be difficult. It can be tricky. Uh, when when you're when you're trying not to to search up the wrong thing, but here we are, Apple, your phone, everybody's phone, child porn question mark, searching for it through everybody's fit pictures on the cloud, right? And so apparently this is going to be done by an automated system. All the photos on the cloud are being searched, and then if if you hit if your photo or anybody's photo is pinged, and then uh, an actual person reviews it to make sure that there ain't nothing messed up going on. Uh, and so I'm conflicted because I am, on the one hand, uh, very anti-pedophilia. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I'm Me too. Also... <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Glad you got that one in there, buddy. Uh, but I'm, I'm also very uh, pro-internet privacy. And so that's where I thought this kind of intersection uh brought up an interesting conversation man what do you what do you think about this um particularly with with the i mean you're right it's very very difficult like where's the line where do we draw the line between what the internet can look at what we're doing for the sake of privacy and also you know all it is i mean this is difficult dude this is difficult especially because it's hard to draw a line once you accept this on let's let's take this particular instance right says apple announced new details about its plan to scan users icloud photos for child pornography as the tech giant remains in damage control after the backlash over privacy implications of the initiative last week apple said it will implement a feature to detect photos stored on icloud photos that depict sexually act sexually explicit activities involving children as part of the ios um updates due to uh, this fall seeking to reassure customers that it's minimizing the chance of the system might inaccurately flag an account as harboring child pornography so it will not take action until the system has defi- identified at least 30 matching child abuse images uh, so 29 is okay <laughs> i didn't want to interrupt you i didn't want to interrupt you but that was that was my thought as well it was like <laughs> yo you, you got to keep it under 29 sorry even go, if you were gonna do go that 30, you shouldn't have told the number dude you shouldn't have given us the <laughs> they shouldn't have told the number Oh God! I'm glad you. I'm glad you closed the amount of numbers. That's a good point. Why didn't you tell us? Now this is gonna be. You see now the magic number. 
for Herman's like 29. Oh my god. <laughs> 29. That is <laughs> dude. 29 is a lot, dude. I don't have 29 regular dudes on my phone. <laughs> so, Oh my god, dude! Yeah, there's there's so many dangerous directions to go with this. With this, what else? What else do we have from the article? Just finish reading. Yeah, the, the, yeah. I, I, what it doesn't say in the article is Apple is now motivated perverts all around to seek exactly twenty nine images. <laughs> the new the new maximum images that perverts can have on the iCloud is twenty nine. Oh no! Thirty. When you go to jail, buddy. <laughs> this guy, this guy's wild, and dude had thirty one images. This guy's tripping. Yeah, dude. That's too over limit. That's too over, dude. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I think so so it's one thing. It's and this is this is why this is such a great topic or a great um kind of news story to bring in this conversation. At least for me, that is something that I know I don't have to worry about, right? And so on for on one hand, I am firmly on the side of the conversation that I often hear and think of as 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 weak, which is like, I don't got nothing to worry about. They ain't gonna, <laughs> they ain't gonna find no child porn on my phone, right? But the but as you alluded to earlier is what's the net now, what if the next one becomes drugs, let's say. And you know, you still ain't getting me, but you're getting a little closer. You know what I'm saying? And 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 so what 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 if it becomes uh, and now we're getting a, like a little bit ridiculous, but stolen merchandise, right? If you have any image of anything that at your crib that might resemble something that has been reported stolen, then uh, you were gonna we're gonna check your phone. And so it's just as you said, where do, where is that line? Um, and is this so clearly something we can all get on board of? Then say, yeah, y'all can look for that, search that, find them, get them out of here that it's dangerous because it's such a it's it's a it's it's a foot in the door and that's what's tough um i i mean you're right right and i think you captured all of the most important parts of of all of that which is that there's there's always a very difficult balance between where um where security begins and where um and then where uh, what what they refer to as as um, social tracking begins, right? So what we do know for a fact is that capitalism really struggles with dishing out, with, with taking power and then being able to relinquish that power. Well, it's, it's, it's almost a, it's almost a, a waterfall effect of, 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 of power. Um, it's, it's a waterfall effect of, of the different types of power games that capitalism usually plays and these are part of the things that edward snowden was 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 speaking about saying that hey y'all we have opened this door to um to phone tracking we have opened this door to the government tracking all of our systems and stuff like that and so and because of that now they have these they have the access to be able to do all of these things i remember a few years ago one of the main concerns that people had was if you are in a crime is apple allowed to unlock your phone and that eventually that 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 particular that particular that, that was allowed, right? There's certain circumstances where Apple can unlock your phone without your knowledge if, you're, if you've been implicated in a crime, which on, on one end sounds like a good thing, but now it opens up the door to the many different types of things that um, these different phone devices and whatnot can do on your phone. Considering that our phones are now the matrix and we literally plug into this, this virtual world once we go onto our phones, 
Um, and now, and, and therefore, you know, our phones are now an extension of ourselves, of our personalities, of our lives, of our businesses. It, it, it's, it's now the streets essentially. Right. And so are we, are we careful? Are we comfortable with the stop and frisk? Now that these are, these are the streets of a mobile stop and frisk. Cause that's what we're getting at right now. Well put, well said. Mm -hmm. I like that metaphor for sure. Yeah. Our phones have become the streets and what we're what we're being confronted with is a is a type of virtual stop and frisk and what qualifies as probable cause um or reasonable suspicion for for that investigation and i'm and that's what i worry about is what becomes what becomes their probable cause right if it becomes mm. oh this kid has you know a blm we've seen the blm logo 29 times one more and this guy goes on the watch list for activists or we've even seen organizations that have been fighting for social justice be labeled as terrorist organizations right and so the the this gets out of hand really quickly and and, and i think we've i think yeah you you laid it out beautifully what what the issue is in a in a really real way so uh yeah that's that on that thank you for riding through hey, this, this technical technological deep episode with me brother um hey man we giving it to them hot we giving them to um um you know this particular episode you can have over 30 of them on your phone you ain't gonna get flagged for it but what we do like to do on this show man is something that we really do enjoy which is um bigging up some of our some of our sponsors and bringing up and bigging up uh, some local talents that we like to show off and whatnot. So I'm gonna pass to my brother to go ahead and and welcome us into uh, one of the newly segments of the show, which is we done big up local artists, man. Can you tell us who's sponsoring this episode this week? This week is sponsored by Cooler Than Black Emojis. That's right, back yeah. again. Our guy, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful, uh, Afrocentric, black centric, black created. The eye is amazing. Uh, some art that that we really dig, man. And so my brother is pulling up this beautiful image, uh, and we just feel lucky to Definitely. be able to support artists that that we rock with, uh, organizations that we rock with. You know what I'm saying? So if you have some art, if you have a thing that you do. Uh, let us know. Send us a an email or put it in the comments. Let us get in touch with you so we can big you up, spotlight you here. And if you're a corporation, you got some money, you know what I'm saying? I know we said 3500 was wasn't much from a corporation before, but we'll take it. If you think it's worth a dollar, let us hold that. That's right. All the way live, baby. Definitely, 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 man. And you know, um, what what we strive to do over here on this podcast, like my brother Miles said, is that we um, promote local promote local talent, um, and then on top of that, uh, try and uh, try and be able to help people as much as we can. And one of the things that we help people with is by running a foundation called the Mandula Foundation, ran by yours truly, Miles Answay Gila, and a host of other beautiful 
strong, talented individuals who keep that mission moving. This year, we have fed two over 2 million mouths on our road to feed 10 million by the end of this year. We didn't know that this was going to be possible, but now it's looking even more possible by the day. And because of that, man, we give praise to the Most High on that. And also reach out to y'all to please, please, please go to the Mandula Foundation website. Check out some of the work that we're doing over there. Support... Um, support sponsor get some food to these kids big things coming big things coming and we want to be able to do that with y'all man yeah sir now i wish we had the bell ring the fight the the fight night ding ding ladies and gentlemen Mm -hmm. in the red corner you dig me a show about a jew a show about a crew a show about an artist mm. a show about male genitalia it's none other than dave fx's own yes sir little dicky's own dave and in the blue corner representing the black folks you know what i'm saying representing the atl none other than atlanta man Childish Gambino, the spirit of Gato Glover was in the building. You know what I'm saying? The spirit of Lakeith Stanfield was in the building, man. You know what I'm saying? Dave, Atlanta, all the way live. All the way live, all the way live. Dave, Atlanta, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. We're getting into that recommended and review. Know exactly how we give it up on the show. Yo, um, before we even start getting into the, 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 the comparison of these two things, man, I think it's super, super, super important to appreciate this Dave. Um, this this Dave has on on its own as a just give it its kudos. I I personally think that this is some of the best comedic TV that has come out in a in a long long time for us. I think that the direction that um, this this cast has taken, the writers that have taken this, um, is one that shows a lot of artistic integrity and artistic vulnerability. And we say that vulnerability is powerful. This shit is so. Funny man, this is so 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 funny. If you haven't seen Dave, you gotta give it a look. Season one was good. Season two is better. What you feel about about Dave? I think Dave is super entertaining. Uh, I think it's really just like refreshing in terms of its uh, its honesty in a lot of ways. Uh, I think it's a good story. I have. A a particular character, we'll get into it. The Gator, I think, is one of the my favorite characters on TV. Uh, yeah, man, I, I I like the show a lot, and I have a, I have almost nothing but good things to say about it. Uh, and I and I and it's important for me to start with that love because I am firmly on the side of Atlanta in this conversation. I mean, look for the sake of conversation, right? I'll take the side of Dave. What? because they're both two seasons in hip hop centered hip hop focused shows that the main character you could argue is Darius on Atlanta. You could argue the main character, the main character is Darius, right? Although it is told through the vision of, of childish of, um, yeah, I wouldn't say that. I would say that I would say that in Atlanta, the main characters and I'll, I'll, that's another point I was going to make. But I think the main characters are more equally shared on Atlanta. In fact, each of the main characters and even some of the side characters have their own episode that don't have 
any other characters in it. So I think it's a lot more shared with Atlanta. I can see that. Um, what what a big criticism that I have between the two, right? Especially if we're going into the shared, into the shared, uh, the shared, the shared exposure of the characters, and 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 now we're looking at the the what, what they would call the supporting the the lead supporting role in Atlanta. You could say one of the lead supporting roles is Darius, right? The character Darius who has been a vehicle of obscure thoughts and and interesting and interesting input into the show. I think in season one they nail um they nailed the Darius character by making him somewhat um so, somewhat uh, I don't want to say elusive but definitely difficult to understand. In in that comparing that to the character that they bring up with Gator dude, I think Gator is, is so much more of a real character and because that this is a Jewish slash white show. Um, being able to the 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 inserting of the black voice around what is essentially a black themed show is executed flawlessly by 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 Gator. I don't think that he misses the mark ever. You'll be watching something and you'll think to yourself, man, like that that episode where they're together, and he's like, man, listen, I'm not homophobic. I just don't want to watch two dudes doing this in front of me. you know what I mean. But even even a small quip like that is such an honest insert to the thought process of what is like the, the black voice around a Jewish white theme show in a black theme. I actually think Gator is the only reason that this is even a conversation. I think you're absolutely right that Gata in either show is the most satisfying character. But I think the reason for that is that Dave is much more concerned with character arcs in a linear narrative. Atlanta is more is much more a nebulous representation of life, but I think because of that, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't take a character uh, like Darius as as seriously, and there's no there isn't the same continuous buildup and payoff, right? The the episodes of Dave connect to each other a lot more uh, than the episodes of Atlanta in that if somebody's upset. You'll if the episode ends with somebody upset, you'll you'll see them upset in the next episode unless we understand why that's resolved, right? Whereas in Atlanta, for example, uh, Childish and his love interest Van can be together in one episode, be broken up in the next episode, have a huge fight, and then in the next episode they wake up in bed together, right? It's more it's it's a it's a more zoomed out snapshot of each other's life, and even though Gata is a more fully fleshed out character. I think Darius is used in more interesting ways, right? So while we get this full satisfying appreciation of Gata by watching his whole arc, Darius like shows some other like issues in such a quick snapshot way. A great example of this is when Darius goes to the shooting range and everyone else at the shooting range is shooting at human targets, but Davis or, but Darius is shooting at a dog target. Dog. And so in just in that two minute moment, you get both a snapshot of who he is as a person, how differently he thinks. You get this issue raised of what it's like to be a black person in this space with a whole bunch of white people that are toting guns or whatever, and for them to get upset with you. And then you get this weird, more human narrative about, well, is it weirder to shoot at human targets with lethal, lethal force, or is it weirder to shoot as dog targets? And then connecting that back into white people's obsession with dogs, right? And so I think even in, Darius has multiple moments like that, where he just, 
has this has this more varied social commentary in 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 a moment where it doesn't feed it to you the way that Dave feeds spoon feeds it to you. And sometimes being spoon fed is more satisfying, but sometimes but what I personally like about Atlanta and I think that the rewatch value is higher because you pick up on different themes every time you watch it. The first time you might just think, huh, it's funny, human target, dog target. Second time you watch, you'd be like, oh yeah, white people love their dogs. Third time you watch it, you might be like, this is just, a, this is a, fits so well in with Darius's character who later says people love dogs when he takes Earn to get money based on uh, breeding puppies. So it's like, it's it gets deep, man. But where, it, where it, else? It, it, it does get deep. It, it does get deep. And, and I'm glad that you, you brought up that particular um that particular uh, that 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 particular moments in the show because it, it does have many many areas where the show is redeeming in that sense being like I right, cool um, you know D- Darius is Darius is, is definitely able to insert ideas and uh, opinions that can later you can you can reflect on right in a similar moment if that is one of the 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 observative because it seems like both of these both of these characters are the are are the voice of the the vehicles in which ideas and 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 opinions are 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 brought through right like you have you have the dairy check this check this out right you have you have the 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 darius character in the beginning where he goes uh everything is made up all, all words are made up bro stay woke Right at the beginning of the show, where he's like, "That word's made up." He goes, "Every word is made up, bro. Stay woke." And then you have also on the, on the on the Dave side of it, where you have essentially Dave and his black friend breaking. So you have this the scene right where you have uh, Gata and you have uh, his black friend who are then coming to visit uh, Dave and Benny Blanco in their in their respect the, in Benny Blanco's house, and you know they're going through the usual what we'd refer to. On the show, there's no other way to put it than um, a. I don't. How do how do we even put it? A, a gay bromancing. What's the what's the correct term terminology for that? Yeah, I think the I think the show is playing with the idea that uh, these two presumably heterosexual white men enjoy testing the limits of their sexuality because they've never been rejected for for anything, and so they like to play this game of chicken with who can be who can who can cross the line or t- or or toe the line of of heterosexuality um because just for the just for the thrill of it just to just because it feels uncomfortable and they find humor exactly in exactly right and and in that humor what's what's particularly interesting about that moment which I thought was actually uh, an arc when it came to um the commentary of the show is that you have uh, you you have uh, Darius uh, Gator go, yeah. You guys are allowed to do this because there's never been a consequence for for you being who you are. Because there's no consequence of you being who you are, you're able to then you know create these imaginary lines that then force you to confront that that you're now trying to find your self imposed limit about who you are. And then the the retort that he has, he goes, "Have you ever seen a black romance movie?" You know what I mean? Have you ever seen a a, a black uh, a, a black romance movie? You have many a white a white homeboy romance movies. You got Wedding Crashers. You've got et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That list keeps going. But he, and he points it out, and they think about it, and they don't 
have it, right? And it's like, this is nothing to do with homophobia. It's just the reality that outside of that, at, at any point of who you identify as, as a black man, there is always going to be a consequence of your reactions outside of your own choosing, regardless of how you want to be able to define yourself. So the, the pursuit of you are trying to find lines of where you are uncomfortable or your self-identity or whatever, there's, that option is not there. Yeah. They're tweaking, by the way. There's also Life with uh, Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy. There's Bad Boys with Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. There are, there are yeah, black... That is, a, wrong uh, that is well, a, a poor bad movie. Yeah. There's All The Way Live podcast every Wednesday. Y'all should there go check go. it out. There you go. There's Soul Men with Bernie Mac and uh, Samuel Jackson. That's underrated movie. R.I.P. to Bernie Mac. But I think even the scene that you've just laid out, right? Like while the show Dave does address some important themes like masculinity, like a cultural appropriation, it, it, first of all, it sticks kind of to those themes, right? And in different episodes, I, I would say cultural appropriation, masculinity and relationships are the core themes of Dave. And they kind of carry throughout all the episodes. Right. And, and, and even though, here, I'll go to the first scene and then we'll talk about the humor in Dave. But the scene, that scene ends. Do you remember how that scene ends that you're talking about? With, um, uh, somebody has to look into somebody's bottle. Yeah. And that is exactly, that sums up Dave, <laughs> right? There might be a real reason behind it and there might be some, we might explore the emotions behind having to do that, but that is, the core of Dave. And so there's a there's a scene that kind of touches on sexuality in Atlanta, right? Where they're in where they're in prison holding. And Ern, after getting into a fight uh with Paperboy and some other guy outside of a gas station, I think, the, a shot goes off, they get arrested. Paperboy is able to bond out. Ern is sitting in the prison holding. And we have this interesting interplay of heterosexual male uh interactions where you have the humor of some guy is sitting there talking about his homeboy that he hasn't seen in a long time, but that they just ran into each other tonight, decided to get a couple of drinks and shit went left and they ended up in prison. He's like, man, I knew I should have never hung out with this dude. And the other guy's like, I'm sorry, man. I ain't seen you in such a long time. And we get this kind of humorous aspect of like the most quintessential, like, oh man, if I never would have hung out with him, I never would have got into trouble. And just kind of this thing that black people have to carry when we hang out in groups and when we hang out together, when we try to have fun. And you have that kind of interplay between all the people that are in this holding cell. And then you have this other guy that starts acting, that's acting real weird, sitting next to Childish Gambino. And then, uh, and then his homegirl walks in. Or a man who is cross-dressing, we're not told how that person identifies, but they come and sit down. And the man that was acting weird with Childish Gambino before starts speaking to this other person like that's his old flame, like they used to date, woo-woo-woo. And so we're caught in the middle of, ooh, my guy with the visuals, man. Thank you. YouTube audience, y'all are y'all are getting a treat right now, man. But this is so so this conversation starts to happen between the individual that's here on the screen that's that's dressed as a as a woman or in typically woman's clothes and this gentleman. And we're caught, and they are having the conversation literally on both sides of Earn. So we are in the perspective of Earn, caught in the middle of this this conversation, where the elephant in the room is this person's sexuality, and especially, and that's that's multiplied by the fact that it's a black show that most of the people in the area are black. And so there are two things that happen in really quick succession. Somebody brings up 
that this person is that this person is a man disregarding however they identify or how the other person sees them and that shatters the illusion and the the this funny humorous moment just devolves into this like bitter recognition of like but we can't just allow each other to get by we always we're bringing each other down we're pointing out these these flaws and shattering this illusion even when it's all of us we're all in this jail cell we should all be in the same position and so really quickly after that somebody kind of points that out and the guy goes well you did you did this you were getting oral sex from a dude while you were behind bars and he says that ain't gay that's just jail right and so here in this scene this the 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 man who was dressed in women's clothing or however that person identifies feels uncomfortable the other guy feels emasculated Ern feels awkward and we're left sitting in this very human moment that started off so funny and i think that that is the difference between dave and atlanta is that dave well there's one more difference but we'll get there but but atlanta is so much more invested in bringing you that human moment and making it feel like life, whereas Dave is interested in telling you the story of these characters uh, with a with and and always ending with that with that joke or always ending with that you know maintaining that tonal humor, even sometimes at the sacrifice for the of the message. Um, I, I can see that. I can see that, and I think the the question then comes in into play, which is that is the ability to create something that's so niche and relatable a bigger, a greater skill than the ability to create something that is just so widespread in popularity, right? So, for instance, with Atlanta, my G, you have that, you have that scene, the barbershop, the, the barbershop episode is my, one of my favorite episodes. That, mm-hmm. that right there, if you don't know the Black ex- barbershop experience, <laughs> what's the barbershop episode? And that'll give it to you, right? But then also at the same time, you, you flip over onto the day side, if you've never been a black man amongst just the white experience as the Gator episode on uh, the Bob Mitzvah episode, Gator sleeping over at, um, at, at, at little Dickie's house. And then also on, on Dickie's end, there is a high level of vulnerability that comes. The, he shows a, a high level of creative vulnerability with just the regards to the subject contact matter that he's trying to go into. I think back on season, episode 10, season one, which is hilarious that is hilarious when he's in jail and he's rapping about willing head (laughs) willing head (laughs) you know what i mean like that 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 type of vulnerability you good yeah sorry about that just getting messages um that type of vulnerability just allows for for what I think to be a, a super good show, man. A super good show. We are running late on time, but I do want us to rate these things before we get out of here. What we saying? Hold on, hold on. Yeah, I, I I agree. I got one more, I got one more point that kind of that kind of ties into that. Because I think the vulnerability of Dave is is one of its is one of its high points. But I think the key difference between the show is that Dave is interested in in putting forth this 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 narrative, this simple story about this 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 guy. And where it gets tripped up is it acknowledges the silliness of the humor that it's based in, but sometimes still uses that humor as a crutch. And I think what Atlanta, what Atlanta excels at is marrying its elements of realism, like hyper-realism, and like a little bit of just like this weird, like surrealism and it makes it takes these moments where I'm thinking of Paperboy when he's wandering through the woods and finds the the 
homeless or, or a crazy man that's that's talking to him and you're not really sure if that man was real or the sandwich guy that's on the bus with urn that says bite this sandwich and you're not sure yeah. and it's these super surreal moments that that ground the show uh in in its realness and so mm-hmm. i think Atlanta's ability to make Atlanta a character, whether it's referencing the lemon pepper wet wings that are only available in that in that specific region, right? Its ability to create episodes like the Drake episode, where this whole thing is built around the idea of the celebrity, but the celebrity never shows up. And yet you feel mm-hmm. that them, their house even is a character in the show and gets at these such these such human emotions. Atlanta just has this way of of, time, of of making you question everything and making you think while you're watching what is super relatable and super super enjoyable. Uh, I'll end it by saying to me, Atlanta is soul food and, and Dave is pizza. And if I were inviting um, as many people, uh, more people to my crib and wanted them to all have something on the table that they could enjoy, I would go with Dave because that's pizza. But if I was kicking it with a smaller group of the homies and wanted to share something that really resonates with who we are and what we're about and the weirdness that we confront in this world, I'm going with Atlanta, putting soul food on the table. Atlanta to me is a five out of five show, man. So it's only right that for Dave, I give it an official review of four to four out of five mics. Um, I totally, 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 totally dig Dave. I think this is absolutely brilliant writing. I think that season one to season two is very, very strong. Um, a lot of vulnerability and you know how we feel about that. This is dope. Super, 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 super dope, man. That's what I give it. Yes, sir. Yep. I, I, I would say, yep. I'm right in the same area. Four out of five mics for Dave, five out of five mics for Gata as a character. Uh, that, that, that is beautiful, beautiful acting, beautiful emotional work. Uh, and a five out of five for me for Atlanta. That is my favorite show on television. Uh, and I, and I was able to defend it and give a review of it without even mentioning the best episode ban the episode with its own built-in commercials like satirical it is incredible incredible so we clearly recommend these two shows go out there on your couch enjoy that what we saying man what we doing man we go i think i don't want to rush this big crit we can't rush the crit review we can't rush the crit i have to say there's a few things i need to say um, is that I was wrong about giving Isaiah a shot 4.5 out of 5. That's a 5 out of 5 album. I was wrong about that. 5 out of 5. I'll leave it there. Boom. 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 Yep. Yes, sir, man. I think that's that's album of the year so far, but we can have a discussion about that. This one has been chalk full, packed to the gills, man. We gave y'all a little something extra on top of the eighth. You know what I'm saying? It's busting out the package. We know that y'all have so many choices, man. We know that's why we do this, man. That's why we that's that's why we here, man. That's why we here, you know. So we 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 hope that you got something that you really rocked with and resonated out of the topics that we that we got into today. We hope that you felt that you were celebrating with us for Meek, celebrating with us for Zway. You know what I'm saying? That you were that you felt it with us when we were talking about Haiti, when we were talking about stop Asian hate. This is a the range of this show is incredible, and it can only be that way because of my brother, man. Shout out to him, man. We got to drop bombs for the sh- job he did with the visuals today. 
We love you if you're checking us out on Spotify, but if you ain't checking us out on YouTube, we're giving you reasons to feel like you missing out. So switch, go back and forth, man. Do both. You know what I'm saying? It's there for you. Cause we know. Cause, cause we know. Cause we know. We aware, man. You know what I'm saying? It is inescapable that y'all have a million choices when it comes to listening to a podcast. And we appreciate you rocking with All The Way Live. We know you had to scroll past some other stuff, clicked on us. We appreciate you. We are grateful before we are conscious. We are Mm -hmm. celebrating life. We are celebrating how good it feels to be black. Don't it feel good? My favorite thing, baby. My favorite thing, baby. And we hope it feels good to be you. So wherever you at, eat something delicious, hug somebody you love, Watch Dave or Atlanta or that new Suicide Squad or Summer of Soul. There's a little of everything in there. I gave you TV, movie, documentary. Get with it, man. We got y'all. Peace, love, water.